Welcome to How We Hire, a podcast by Alva Labs. With me, Tove Handel. And me, Linnea Bivall. This show is for all of you who hire or just find recruitment interesting. Every episode, we will speak to thought leaders from across the globe to learn from their experiences and best practice within hiring, building teams, and growing organizations. Welcome everyone to another episode of How We Hire with me, Tove. And me, Linnea. Yay! Today we're super happy to have Pad Thunberg from Sound Industries with us. Pad, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, thanks a lot for having me join this podcast. Really excited to deep dive a little bit in recruitment and hear more questions. Just in short about me, I'm, I'm heading up the t- talent acquisition function here at Sound Industries in Stockholm, our HQ office, and we have offices around the world, also in, in Paris and London here in Europe, and also New York in the US and Shenzhen and Hong Kong in Asia and China. I'm like really curious about how, because I mean, we are obviously like more of a B2B uh, at Alva, which yeah. makes our brand often like West, less known for candidates. What would you say is like the biggest perk of no, working with a well-known brand for like consumer and therefore often the candidates that apply to you? That's a very good question. Yeah, I think a couple of things, but one uh, being that we wanted to be like a really uh, challenging brand instead of affect the consumers. I think you know most candidates or uh, that we talk to investors, etc., they know us through our brands, right? Mm. Marshall and Adidas, and I think we then have the benefit to involve that in our communication because it's really mm. well you know, most of the world's recognized brands, right? Mm. Same time, we need to find out like how what sound is within this. Right. You know, our founders from the start, when Urban Near started, they created sound at the same time and they were able to have a portfolio of different brands. But I think the communication and what sound is and it has been evolved in our brand platform is something that we work really consistently, especially during the last few years. Mm. And I think we're, we're starting to nailing it uh, exactly how to communicate it. Mm. What's your... Uh... Easy icebreaker to talk about the products, right? Yeah. What would be like the key learnings from getting better at communicating what sound is? Uh, I mean, first of all, like awareness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I think such a, because that's something we don't have the benefit because we're not selling anything through sound as a brand. So mm. we really need to, to ensure like to communicate with our talented or communication for in groups uh, for that way, what sound is. <laughs> right. First of all, and, and uh, the, the sound story, I would say. Mm. And the journey that we have since we started back in 2008, because uh, yeah. we've done a lot of amazing things through all, all of these years and struggled to tough, tough times as well. But I think the sound story is something that really we you know, try to come in. So, you know, getting that awareness, but also reaching the, the ones that we, that we want to, to reach and, and making sure that we also are reflecting our audience. Because, you know, we have consumers all over the world where we're selling our products to, you know, 125 plus markets. So, I think that goes down to sound to embrace that and to be a, a really a global brand is really, really key for us. So we want to reflect our you know, people who are working at sound with our audiences and mm. think about it. That makes a lot of sense, right? Mm. Uh, so, so that's mm. important both for communication, but then again, then for people in communication. Mm, for sure. And I mean, both me and Tova know a little bit of how you guys hire, but do you want to explain a little of what, take us through the process? Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, uh, you know, starting off with communication and in terms of, you know, because that's where we really spent a lot of time and, and an effort to ensure that we have a brand that uh, communicates to everyone, no matter their background, their ethnicity or, you know, the religious background or where we might be. We know make sure that we have an inclusive communication and it goes both through like images and the way we, the language that we use, 
and uh, that we also ensure to have a, a multiple and very broad uh, channel marketing approach. So we use several mm -hmm. types of, of channels and forums and communities and being quite proactive in terms of finding these like niche communities that, that you need to actually spend some time to think not to use this that on classic ones. So, mm. so I think that's really, really key because that's how we can grow our brands and also the reach mm. to attract that talent pool. Mm. So it comes down to that. Mm. And so, if I can just like pause you there, because I mean, I know that you guys are super keen on like diversity and I've done a lot of great, cool stuff related to this. If yeah. you could just like deep dive, you, you said like write an inclusive job ad, communicate in different forums like how how does one start if one hasn't yeah. already yeah definitely i mean uh, there's a really key part for the other doors and inclusion work to, mm. to track uh, our, our talent pool and for us it comes down to both like finding these stacked up channels proactively mm -hmm. but then when it comes down like to ads we have there's been a lot of work together with the managers of course to we both had like internal uh, recruitment trainings with all mm -hmm. the to talk nice. about the biases within recruitment and you know, especially when it comes down to ads and you know, and also using insights that we get from from you guys but also from like other partners that mm -hmm. clearly like showcases how we can discriminate just by using you know the wrong you know language in the ads or uh, just using too many skills requirements so you have non-binary and also females not applying for the roles at least it's just facts <laughs> so i think Presenting the facts and like highlighting them and just showcasing how it is and communicating around that has made sure that we can really have ads that are much more <laughs> shorter in terms of like the, the skills that we do. And then also talk about more about what we can offer for the, for the talent and to have teams internally to like really rely on the recruitment process. <laughs> yeah, I think that's, that's the trust, right? Uh, definitely. Are scared to think about like that we need to have like every single detail in the ads, but the ads is, for me, it's like, if you're, you know, it's not like you're selling anything, but you're, you want to sell a store, you want to sell sound to the to mm. people who want to come to us, right? And then, you know, in today's market where, you know, people are so busy with so much information, you want, you want to you want to really tap through, you really want to be super precise and crisp in terms of what you want yeah. to communicate and have a purpose with it and to think that through. Mm. So, um, and that's not only the ads, like that's all the, like the social media postings that we do. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, and then, you know, we, we brought in like professionals who has the language and the skills that to do that, to create that uh, for each of the ads or the structure for that. So we have templates for every single department and, and role that we wanted to recruit for and then mm. try to automate this so we can get it to be efficient as well, right? <laughs> oh, cool. So you actually like got external help to create like short, sweet, to the point, neutral templates that you can use. Exactly. I love that. So uh, as soon as we could publish on a roll and we get like these suggestions that we can just fine tune if we want to, or, mm. or but we have that for the, every single apartment and for our ads. Mm. And then also use image. That's what I mentioned before, more from a diverse inclusion perspective. Well, yeah. To communicate it as well, internally. So mm, mm. those, I think, those are the small details. <laughs> yeah, might find simple, but it's actually really important to nail these ones and have a mm. why you're doing these things, and also keep improving and getting insight and feedback on, on what yeah. these things. And then we can kind of rely on the recruitment process, you know. Afterwards. Exactly, because <laughs> I think, like to your point, like the most important thing is trust. So, how did you get like the managers on board with spending? that time, that effort in the job ads, because as you said, like most, if you look at 
a job board most ads look very dull and the same and there's just long lists of requirements that no one really fills and they just you know make it difficult for themselves to find the right talent so how did you get managers on board you mentioned training yeah we conducted like a mandatory training for Ah. every single manager uh, to be part of no matter if you had one people in your team or if you had like 100 people in your team and then we conducted the manager training together with a partner that are professionals within diversity and inclusion and, and training together and then really having a quite a few topics in the training and really to also open up for conversation around and mm. make it really inspirational and talk about the why. Because yeah. uh, I, I think that was what that might, uh, people miss out. Uh, and that's a little bit um, our role as a HR department also to educate and train and give, provide with the right tool and, and toolkits, et cetera. Mm. And a little bit to define what the role spec is because that's mm. different from my job ad. And before, when I joined Sound, I know that that was a little bit the same. So mm-hmm. the job was to also reward for efficiency matters. So, you know, not to point in the fingers and anything like that, but it's two totally different things. And so, yeah. So like uh, ensure that we can attract the right talents that we really want to work with us. And, and the title says a lot. And then, you know, you, uh, uh, I think that that's a really, really have a lot of communication around it. And, Actually, now we start to get a lot of you know feedback back in the in the TA team because we take a lot of responsibility, of course, to creating these templates for the ads and you know challenge the managers on work, you know what should be included, and what should not be included, etc. But now we also can see that the conversation has to open up, so we're also having a lot of managers talking about this as well, and you know how can you know language affect etc. for women. Mm-hmm. So that's really interesting to see. So yeah, very much. So okay, so you have this great beginning of the process where you write job ads that actually people want to read and people want to apply to those jobs. What happens next in the recruitment process? Yeah, so uh, so when we you know have the communication ready and, and, and out, we we select the candidates and we have the TA team. So we've been you know having more trainings within unconscious biases and, and mm. recruitment. So we were doing the initial selection. So a little, diverse a little bit depending on, on the position. But we test very early together with you, uh, with Alva Alva Labs tests. We also tried some other tests before, very early on in the process. So uh, when we enter interviewing or you know reviewing with the managers, we always have a test to ensure we have objectivity when we select candidates, and also readiness, so we can look at uh, what people have accomplished and uh, during their career, and you know from the recruiter. So the re- recruiter in that matter becomes really important, right? So. The person uh, have the conversation with the managers and select candidates together with the managers. But mm. uh, you know the most bias is happening in, in the early on in the process. Yeah, to make sure that the TA team responsibility for that type for that uh, part of the process, so um, we can you know ensure that we have uh, an alignment between all the roles and the positions that we do. Mm. Mm. Given that you have focused so much on diversity, I think that these two steps are probably change things but like how would you say what is diversity like at sound now compared to before you did all these efforts in selecting like this i think there's a few things but of, you know one you know being of course the representation mm-hmm. has increased uh what we and we also started to measure which we didn't do before as well oh nice and um so so that one and of course bringing in a lot of new perspectives in the whole organization and you know and uh, improve and develop across mm-hmm. what, what we also we partner up also with uh with our partner with the for the uh, diverse inclusion work because mm-hmm. it's only to, to hire diversity you know it's actually when you have diverse talents you also to 
making sure that you have an inclusive leadership yeah. and then the teams. So we yeah. conduct the workshops with all teams now, actually, in Ensound, together with our partner, uh, Huspinexo. So we, that has given a lot of insights as well. So it's not just the, the hard facts or the, you know, the, the, the stats from that, but it's also like insights from every single workshop. So we're Mm. the most important what people think and, and feel mm. <laughs> and that's also like the next step now is also to actually bring that in into our service as well so we can get some more insights on this this is like an ongoing work it's not something that we do one thing and then we're happy with it and maybe it's something that you need to work on all the time and i believe a lot in the insights in terms of what people feel and they feel welcome they feel included in the conversation and um it's important to track that continuously so we yeah. can continuously shape and build better all the time. Mm-hmm. Mm, I love that approach. Like you said, you started measure. What, what do you measure? So we, uh, in, for Sweden, uh, where we do most recruitments, about 85% of the recruitments, we look at the uh, gender split mm-hmm. uh, for all the hires, but we also look at a uh, gender split for the departments so we can track mm-hmm. the departments, but we also, and then we also look at leaders versus employees. Mm. And then we also have the same for nationality split mm-hmm. that we get from and uh, that you can get from SSCB. So we look at that for representation for uh, managers and, and also for employees and for all of the key departments. Mm. Mm. So those are the, some of the insights. And then um, uh, also early on in the recruitment process, when you apply for a job at Sound in Stockholm, uh, you also get the opportunity to, to do an anonymous survey. Uh, send an, an DNI survey to every single applicant here in Stockholm. It's a quick survey, but to get some more insights mm. uh, for different purposes, of course, mm. uh, being just symbolically, this we know we prioritize this matter, and that starts already in, in the recruitment stage to communicate around diverse inclusion. So, yeah. really, just doing it. <laughs> mm. And the second period, just getting some insights as well, right? So, we can bring that into diverse inclusion work internally also to say, okay. This is how it looks like. And also ensure that we have representation when we look at like, okay, nationalities, for instance, where, where the people you know uh, apply from. So make sure that we have a mix already there. Mm-hmm. Thereby we can, you know, use those insights to change the communication or the language or, you know, the white being. I think most people, like to some extent, are aware that certain groups of people will be, have a tougher time on the job market. Mm. Especially like if you, or a woman, if you're like come from a different nationality, if you have different skin colors, so forth. But I think like one like statistic that like really shocked me was that it's the closer you are to the country that you're applying to, the easier it is to get a job, even though it's never going to be as easy as if you're like native. So if you're like applying for a job in say Sweden, if you're from Norway, it's going to be like fairly easy. If you're from Europe, it's going to be a little bit more difficult, but still like easy enough but yep. then if you come from outside of europe it's going to be like so much harder it really is that like the further away the more you have to fight for your like right for a job i believe a lot in the communication and my philosophy is that really i want the, all the managers to be the best recruiters mm-hmm. <laughs> and to make sure that they have the right you know understanding about what it takes and then if they can understand that and they can see that actually sometimes this goes really much faster to hire someone from let's say iran than, yeah. than stockholm because of the resignation times etc then <laughs> a little bit surprised and then we can enable that transition in a smooth way for both parties yeah. <laughs> and we're doing a good job so I think it's a lot about looking at the processes themselves and uh, 
lifting all the stones and you know trying to challenge perceptions truth doesn't not, not really truth right so yeah yeah for sure i think what's like one thing that we have been discussed internally is i mean because we also hire from you know wherever both remotely or like relocate people and as i said i think we have also been surprised at how smooth that process actually is but how like do you see the like pros and cons of like hiring locally versus like bringing people over to that specific country i mean because there are some challenges with like making sure that they feel welcomed and it's not just the job it's also the whole like setting how much do sound get involved in that what are your thoughts that's a very very great question and i think we have a a good benefit that we you know from from the beginning we also already had all you know international hires and then we have people working from you know all all parts of different times of the world and have brands that are global brands we act on a global market i think that helps a lot actually if you're a swedish brand working in swedish market so and also that uh, you know it's a key part of our you know whole strategy as well to be global have a global mindset in everything that we do mm. and also you know when we compare also to other like bigger lifestyle brands rather than american or other so and that you know lowers the barriers a lot but then as you say when you know when we bring people here it's important to actually that everyone can you know still feel welcome that's why i think it's so important to keep having these type of conversations internally to drive this work because we have a responsibility, of course, as employer, that we feel, and then to also get the insights from the service, but also to pinpoint like those actions that we take. Yeah, yeah. You know, we so we created like a diversity inclusion strategy that we're you know about to present, and that's going to include a lot of these actions that we're now talking about. So we actually had a conversation all this morning to just define and prioritize among these actions mm-hmm. because we can't do everything right. But we have to we want to do the ones that are really making an impact. And yeah, one. Mm, I love that. And if you don't mind me, like maybe slightly switching topic, but you mentioned like since you are a global brand hiring, even like mainly in Sweden, but still across the world, how does the recruitment processes like differ for the different markets? It differs in, in, in that extent that we working with, you know, in, in Europe, I would say it's quite similar to the process that I mentioned in, here in Sweden, because we, we adapted that process you know, for or for different kind of here in, in Europe. Mm-hmm. In the US, we work mostly heavily on agencies, mm-hmm. given the number of recruitments that we're doing. And, and also, again, in regards to the sound employer brand is not as strong in in the US market. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> we love the brand, right? So in that sense, but we still, you know, using for alignment like the Alva Labs assessments and conduct uh, also HR local interviews with us as well. So we're also mm. we're not, we're involved, so it's not, which is, I think is important also to talk about, you know, personality and teams and, and to ensure objective also. Uh, although we, we obviously, it's a little bit different in the US how we work with that. And the same thing goes for in China as well. Mm. So we have an ongoing work together with a local team there. Uh, we have an HR manager that supports the recruitments with the teams uh, to make sure that we have an alignment as well in terms of how we work. But it's, it's a, it's an, a, we have to adapt the process as well to fit the local uh, needs as well. Yeah, of course. So it sounds like overall same like strategy and idea, some local adaptation, and then depending on, as you said, like employer brand and how, what type of roles, I guess, that you hire for. That will, yeah, will... Exactly. exactly. It's important mm-hmm. that we're aligned, I think, in terms of the approach and why we do things. And 
uh, just mm. talking about it like that the ads is the same you know st- story there for the other markets as well to a lot of communication around that which is important mm. so i mean we, we discussed the the beginning of your process with inclusive interviews early tests and then i guess we move forward to some sort of some sort of interview so given that you have educated your your managers how do you make sure that they conduct like fair interviews that actually gathers the data that you need yeah yeah first of all they start about the why so they understand why we're doing this and you know to find it important so um for each manager they start to sound I, I also have a training together with you know each one of them so to go through the recruitment process and mm-hmm. you know, the reason why we work did we do we do and conduct our work and that helps a lot when the recruiters sit down with the managers and in the recruitment process to explain a little bit the recruitment process, et cetera. So first of all, the why and explain that. So that's super clear. And then we have an active help of the scorecard as well. So we digitalized the whole questionnaire and the criteria that we use. So we used the Lab scorecards, which I found really helpful in that matter, especially when we do we conduct interviews across different departments or so someone is going to work in different teams, et cetera, and we do peer interviews, et cetera. Then the hiring managers, they get the scorecards before the interview and then they can, you know, both fill out the ratings and also add their comments. And when we go into the hiring decision, the hiring manager, you know, can bring the, in the, all these insights from the team that has been conducting these type of interviews. And then you have a really a good decision-making process, I would say. Mm. Uh, with mm. all those comments. And it's all back together in the, this report. Mm. Um, so... Um, but um, yeah, to get the data down, I think the scorecard helps a lot to ensure that we can, you know, they know what to expect. And then the, then the selection method, if it's an interview, if it's a case assignment, because that's a little bit different, right? But depending on the people involved, but then you can use the same type of scorecards because they all think need to think about like motivation and, you know, uh, you know, cut, you know, the team add on, you know, you know, how the fits. Mm. So even though it's a case assignment, so. Uh, you can bring all of those criteria as well, depending on, even though the selection method might vary. So. Mm. Mm. And like, what would you say if you could only, because I think it's interesting how as soon as you're a manager, you're like expected to understand recruitment and to build a great team. If you could only teach your managers like one thing, what would you focus on? Oh, that's a tricky question. I think we're, we're, we're first of all, equipped with really, really good managers who are really open and have a really collaborative approach. Mm. And, but one thing would probably be to to use the scorecard, uh, to actually use the scorecards and the templates that we uh, conducted and to actually, uh, you know, conduct that because that's really, really helpful in those recruitments where it, everyone is doing it. Mm-hmm. To use the structured approach, but don't get stuck in the structure, if you know me, to, you know, because if you have the structure ready, you know what to do and how to do it, to actually, you know, be personal at the same time during that because i think that's really important also so you don't get stuck in that structure you have it ready you know what to do you know how to to add those but in the the interview session you want to make sure that you are relaxed can showcase the culture you know there to be you know personable and and, and open up as well so i think that is really important to highlight Robots. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. you're, you're doing a company for our culture and all in our atmosphere. So it's important also to highlight that. Yeah. One thing that I find cool because I have some insights. I happen to have a cousin that works at Sound uh, that started that, not that long ago. And what I found really cool was that, I mean, some of the data that you do collect in the process you use, like when people onboard, 
How has that been received by the organization? How is the TA team involved in that? Yeah, so we've been working together with HR in terms of creating like the onboarding process, which mm. is super key to to keep to, to keep the talents that we spend so much time yeah. and attracting and and being well. So I think it comes down to uh, looking at like the, the steps that we involve in the in, in, for the onboarding journey. So make sure that we yeah keep communicating about uh, diversity and inclusion efforts, but also in terms of you know what we you know how we work with that. To I think it's have an open and transparent communication internally is really important for us. More important than probably communicate externally. So I think we potentially mm. or we do communicate much more internally. You know before we do something externally, mm. we need everyone. We would yeah develop a, you know sound as a company, and if we can help. Uh, get some support from the organization that's really helpful and also we uh, we have a an employee referral program that we implemented which is really important as well and we ask a lot of employees to give us the names and tips which is important for ongoing works and then, then i think it's also a little bit responsibility to communicate what we do when and how that affects mm. and I mean, potentially you know showcase some of those highlight some of those metrics as well and stats mm. you know to keep that engagement <laughs> right Okay, I want. I need to dive for the uh, employee referral program straight away. How does it work? <laughs> yeah, I, I think it works good. It works really good, but it's, you need to, you know, you want to form and highlight and you know continuously communicate around that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it goes a little bit up and down. You can see that as soon as we don't communicate about it, referral goes down. <laughs> it's quite a. <laughs> if you do like a metric on that, that was a easy easy drop, right? Yeah. You don't want to be that annoying person, you know, communicating all the time. So there's always a balance. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but we can get the, through our ATS system, we can actually get some, because we try to do it in the system, because we can right. trace it. And then you can actually get graphs and you can get like, yeah, you can see like, oh, you know, people that are, or employees that have done a lot of referrals, etc. And you can, you know, start to inspire around that and, and highlight that. And then, and I think that's, yeah, as soon as you make it a competition, right? It's, <laughs> <laughs> And people want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> then you're off to great yeah, start. I can have a lot of fun with it, I think. And uh, yeah, showcase it. <clears throat> Love data. I, I think that's uh, that's fascinating. That's also something we've, we've discussed. Like, is it something that actually increased the number of referrals or not? Mm. But then it's interesting, like how, depending on how maybe visible it is and how you can follow up on it and, and, and keep track of it, that will probably help. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But I think, also, just to showcase it, the where are our talents coming from? We've done that on yeah. a high level as well. If you look at like referrals, you know, search candidates and applications, it's quite interesting also to view that as well. Mm. Do you know how many of your hires are referrals? We have about 12, 15%. So it's just, nice. I would say it's pretty good. Yeah. It's nice to actually, you know, pay out these awards, not just talking about that it's, it's actually this and it's actually happening. Um, yeah. I think that goes to show your strong culture as well, right? Because people wouldn't be referring new candidates to come and work with them if they didn't feel proud of the culture that you've built too. Yeah, good point. So if we then circle back to the diversity and inclusion thing, like what, I mean, you've done a lot of things, uh, recruitment being one of those aspects, but also, as you said, continuously working on, on the inclusion part once you bring people in from a diverse workforce. So what would you see moving forward? How will you, uh, what's your next step? The next step right now is is an ongoing work together with a a partner that we partner up in under the evolutionary work. So right right now is really to find you on the DNI strategy. 
and to clarify those actions that we want to take in our DNI work across how to we can accelerate awareness within DNI and mm -hmm. also for our, our brands that we work together with. So it's a holistic approach with like all the sound employees and, and the teams as well as our, our brands and also to ensure that we have the, uh, the belonging and inclusive culture that we want to. So mm -hmm. we have um, we created um, a DNI council and had people you know apply for that and it'll be part so we it's it works kind of like a board and we're just setting up the structure for that and how that's going to work you know work to get together in the organization and to get the insights and then to drive to drive some of the initiatives forward but our philosophy you know from the management team is really this is something that everyone needs to be responsible for in some way or another right in terms of ensuring this inclusive country is not going to be one person or you know 10 people in the core team is again we need to set the structure and then clarify what we what we want to achieve and that's so. mm. all. a lot of exciting things that's coming up from you know trainings to that we want to have for for everyone, fun workshops and um, you know just you know skills development across across organizations. So I think we have a lot to look forward to. So it's going to be a really really fun fun year. Especially we had so many new joiners as well from from last year. You started sound as well. So getting up on track and on board what we want to do and then. Uh, you know, I have a lot of fun doing it as well. Mm. Mm. Super cool. Growing the family. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much, Pai, for joining us today. And uh, we hope that you all join us next time for another episode of How We Hide.